As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell, he scores the ball and he rebounds well. Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, the only Mavericks podcast still recording in the Mark Cuban suite. Again, it doesn't, I don't, I don't know who, I assume most people listened to last episode. There's just some room that apparently is for visiting owners and whatnot. It's a nice room. It doesn't really feel like a, anyway, I'm just, I'm just rambling. We've got a lot of taco. Looks like a dungeon over Zoom, not going to lie. Looking less sweet-like, looking more like you're a hostage. Here, I mean, it's, it's you know. Okay. That's a room in a place. I just, yeah, exactly. I just I just moved my camera around to show Austin what it's looking like. Anyway, so we've got Austin Gria. I'm Tim Cato. I write and talk about the Mavericks. Austin um, only talks about the Mavericks, but he does do that, and he does a good job at it. And we're going to do that for game four, a 199 loss. A defeat that um, you know, I think it's I think it's going to make sense to go kind of micro to macro, and let's start with the game, and then kind of build out to trends, and then finish with overall thoughts of what uh, is going to happen in the series. I think Dallas should be optimistic about the rest of the series, but we're going to get there. They could have won this. They they could have gone up three one. So so I understand that people are frustrated after this game, um, but I also think Dallas would have taken a two two series uh, tie two weeks ago when Luca was walking off, holding his calf, I think in a heartbeat, they would have been like, yeah, we'll take a best of three series tied two two with our star back and having a game under his legs to get back into shape. I, I don't think there's any scenario where this is a, where this series is, is in a bad place for the Mavericks based off where we were two weeks ago. No, you know, I think they're still the better team and, I think they'll still win this series pretty handily, probably in six games. It's just very frustrating to be up by four and lose in regulation, which is pretty difficult to do. Um, did, and, did you see that stat from ESPN? Yes, that was crazy. I did not realize that, it was that rare. That, that when teams are up by, or, or they're, they have a four-point deficit with 
40 seconds to go in a game. Uh, they're four and 701. Uh, the Jazz was the the Jazz win was the fifth time that's happened in the past 10 years of the postseason. Now, they juiced that stat a little bit. I want to I want to make it clear. Um, the qualifier on that stat was up or down by four plus points. So if you're down by 40 points, it's also including all of those losses. So they so they they did juice. They they did kind of amp that stat a little bit. Um, it's still rare though. Yeah, it, it was very rare. It was a it's pretty pretty bad playoff loss. It's one of the worst playoff losses I think I've I've seen in quite some time. That was I think because it felt like they had won the game and hit that three and everyone lost their mind. And then to go from Luka hitting that three with forty seconds up, and then to just get a stop and then give up an offensive rebound and and, and one, and then Dwight Powell, who's actually been a great free throw shooter in the second half of the season, has been knocked like almost like an eighty five percent shooter misses both free throws and then they go ahead. That's, it was rough. And the, the last play was also very confusing. I'm not quite clear what they were trying to do in that last play. I, I think the last play is the only one to talk about a, an unfortunate offensive rebound off a missed shot. Look, it, it's going to happen. It's unfortunate, but it's, you know, like I, I don't feel like technically there was something that they could have done better there. Same goes for free throws to Dwight Powell. Like what he, he missed them. Like there's nothing else to say about that. The last yeah. play was interesting. They chose not to advance the ball, which is something they've done multiple times this season. Um, against Boston, when Spencer didn't when he hit a game winner, that was actually off a, a non-called timeout. But against Brooklyn, they did start with the ball in the backcourt. And, and I asked and I, I talked to as Luca actually, you know, what advantage do you think that gives you guys? And he said he just, you know, he likes playing with an open court. He likes starting with an open court. But the problem was they had 11 seconds left and Luca yeah. didn't get the ball until 5.5 seconds remained. That is, that is far too long to get the ball into the player's hand that Utah was always going to double. And Utah did something really, really smart by basically using Rudy to guard both of the players uh, on the other side of the court, the wing shooter and the corner shooter. And Rudy said post game that he, recognized or, or was aware that Dinwiddie had hit a couple big threes from the wing and knew to close out on him. And Spencer was out of time. He had to take that shot, but I thought it was really like, it was a just insanely good defensive play by Rudy because he not only really contested Spencer and, and the three that went up, but he was also blocking off the swing pass to the corner. Again, they were out of time. It wouldn't have mattered, but the way that Rudy, like there, there's only a few players in the league who can reliably guard two players at once and Rudy is one of them and Giannis is one of them and there's not many more and Rudy legitimately guarded both shooters really effectively on that play I thought that was a really smart thing from uh, Quinn Snyder to to send that double uh, to to go full court pressure just to delay them getting it up the court um, and to, to really just turn what could have been a game winner and a 3-1 series lead and really a series that would be over uh, into something that still Utah has a fighting chance in. I actually thought that Brunson should have kept the ball and taken all which I think he actually would have had, he would have either gotten a layup or he would have gotten a wide open door to three. And I thought it was too late to give Luke the ball. And they were probably most likely going to double. I really thought, I thought, I feel like that's why I thought they were taking the ball in the backcourt so that Jalen could get a full head of steam and go all the way to the rim while they're playing five out. Cause that would have made sense but, to me. But, but it, lo- it looked like they denied Luca. It looked like the ball was actually supposed to go to Luca, and he would be the one advancing. It looked like they denied Luca well enough that it went to Jalen instead. 
And that just the act of denying the primary ball handler, the shot, uh, or sorry, the ball in the backcourt, that basically won the game for Utah yeah. because it ran off, it ran off enough seconds that when they doubled Luca, there wasn't, there just wasn't time for Luca to get a good shot to his teammate. And, you know, I guess Spencer could have made it, but he was not having a great game. He's not having a, he's not having a great series. He's not. What do you, what do you make of that? Um, you know, I, I think, I think it's interesting. Um, I've seen quite a few things. I, I, I don't want, I don't think Spencer is as bad as he's been this series, but I think this series might be a slight reminder that he isn't quite the player he was down the stretch for the last 20, 25 games for the Mavericks, where he was doing things that were statistical anomalies for him throughout his career. I think also he's not getting the foul line as much anymore. And also I think playing without Luca, he's not getting clean looks like he normally does. And I think also the jazz are kind of a bad matchup for him for when he gets to the rim and playing against Gobert is a really poor matchup for him. And so he's struggling. And then his jumper has just been, it just kind of abandoned him. Um, so it's been, it's been rough. I, I think he's due to have a game where he gets right, but I don't. I think the the Jazz have kind of spooked him when he gets to the lane. He looks really indecisive. He had a pretty bad turnover in the fourth quarter today. Where he, he went up and then he tried to kick it out of Josh Green, who was already moving. And I think he just he hasn't looked very decisive when he's going downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be a, a panic or a moratorium on on Spencer Dinwiddie. I agree. I'm a little surprised he hasn't taken more mid range shots. Um, yeah. Which, which normally I wouldn't say, but it, you know, like this is this has not been a series decided by the mid-range um in fact hang on let me pull it up the Mavericks had six points in the mid-range and Utah had six as well so this was this was a threes and layups game in free throws and I thought I found that pretty interesting after the way that uh the series has gone where mid-range had been where both teams were especially in game one both teams were really relying on the mid-range uh, and, and it really flipped this game. Yeah, I thought Luka probably should have gone to the mid-range a little bit in the fourth quarter. I thought he kind of stagnated the offense. I think it's actually where they lost the game, is that that stretch in the early to mid-fourth quarter where they just couldn't get any baskets and their offense was just in the mud. If they had been able to just get a few baskets in the beginning of the fourth quarter, the game would have been over. It, it, Utah couldn't score, and they, hit, they missed a lot of wide-open threes, and I think Luka played a lot of Luka ball in the fourth quarter and it really bogged down the offense and kind of played a prevent offense where they were taking the ball basically the last second in the shot clock each time. And there wasn't a lot of movement. I think a lot of things that made them successful in games two and three that went away from um, in the fourth quarter. Well, let me, let me be slightly self-indulgent here. And I wrote um, today's Saturday. Uh, so on Wednesday, I think I wrote about trends that we've seen thus far this series. And I highlighted four of them. I highlighted um, the heavy minutes and, and the, the Titan rotation. I highlighted the Mavs being able to create threes, the Mavs being able to limit Utah's threes, and I wrote about the Mavs having some success in transition. And I tweeted something about how maybe the Mavs had tired legs and people got mad at me. And, and sure, like we don't know for sure the correlation, uh, but the Mavs did miss more open threes this game. And it's like tired legs to me. It's not, it's not like, it's not like you take a player's stats in, in, you know, NBA 2k and they're just 10% worse. 
it's more that you're just more prone to mental mistakes and lapses. You're more prone to your shot, uh, your jump shot mechanics breaking down. It's not something that affects you every single moment of the game by 10%. It's something where every, you know, every few possessions, you might have fatigue hit a little bit differently. Is, is that fair? I mean, you've been a, you've been yeah, more of an I, athlete than me. I think, I think the mental part of fatigue is a big issue. You could that mental honestly, it's, crazy that book was playing the minutes that he's playing and he's been knocking down shots i didn't i don't think he's really been affected by the amount of minutes and even dorian him and they've been playing they played almost the damn near the entire series they they've only sat for like i think almost combined like 10 minutes and the guy a little bit yeah i mean dorian sat eight minutes in this game but yeah no i think bullock legitimately has sat like 11 minutes yeah and luca was tired today luca yeah i mean Obviously, for he sat for two weeks, but he was you could see how tired he was down the stretch. And I think they sat Jalen for a little bit longer so he could kind of have fresher legs down the stretch. Um, and then Maxi hasn't actually played that many minutes in the series because he's had a lot of foul trouble and then he fouled out in under 20 minutes today. So I think they can still keep extending the minutes. And now that Luke is back, they can they don't have to play 45 minutes, they can play 41 or 42 minutes and not play the entire game. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think I think that's a it's a small concern. You know, again, I I don't think that, you know, they have what two and a half days, a day and a half to recover from this. What's what's the math on playing an afternoon game? Um, they have two and a half days. Yeah, two and a half days before game five, and they're going to keep running up the minutes. And and I, I again, I don't think there's another choice. I, yeah, I, I just yeah. I'm just you know the, the the point of pointing out that trend uh, in in my midweek piece. Was to just be like, hey, keep an eye on, you know, when Reggie Bullock airballed a three. Now he hit a couple after that. Again, it's not something that affects you every possession. But when I see Reggie just completely airball a three, you know, that's one thing that pops to mind. Um, you know, so so I, I talked about that in, in, in the piece. The other two trends were uh, the Mavs creating threes and the Mavs limiting Utah's threes. And my assessment of, of Luca coming back was that the Mavs are still going to create a bunch of threes that, that Utah could do nothing to stop them. And that was true. They got 44 up, uh, you know, right in line with what they've been doing this entire series, but Utah having a point of attack, uh, you know, they definitely had some success attacking Luca as a defender. And as you will see, you know, like, like case in point, Utah got up 35 threes. It's the most they've got up at the series is the first time they've been over 30 threes. Quinn Snyder said after the game that he felt like Utah got more of their shots. And I would agree with that. Like they, they did a better job yeah. again, six mid range points from Utah. And like, they, they weren't relying on these as many, you know, really desperation floaters or Jordan Clarkson pull-ups like their guards were able to get to the rim more. And I, I thought that was, you know, I thought that was massive for them uh, just to be able to have the offensive, you know, just have a better offensive showing. Yeah, I think Luca hurt them on defense a lot in the first half, and he he was responsible for a lot of the open threes that they got. And I also thought the threes that the Mavs got on offense were – I think they got lower quality threes than they did in the first couple of games. I think they I got up 44 threes, but they got a lot of contested or late shot clock, not a lot of good, clean clean looks. I think Utah did a much better job defending the three-point line in this game. And Bojan, I, I did not know he played defense like that. He hounded – Brunson and Luca all game, and he was really good defensively, really effective. He really, really threw off the timing of their offense. And I think, I think that's an adjustment they're gonna have to make in, in Game Five. I, I think the one thing that would would 
worry me a little bit is if they just swap Daniel House's minutes with Royce O'Neal and Daniel House was the guy playing a lot. I, I He's just been so far better than, than O'Neal has been the series from what I've seen. You know, they, you know, he had two points this game and, but O'Neal had seven, you know, like if, if neither yeah. of them are going to give you a bunch of offense, you might as well go with a guy who can actually defend and, O'Neal has just been cooked every time, like by by anyone. You know, Brunson is eating him a lot. They, they, yeah, and they sat Conley a lot too in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because yeah, was, yeah. They were, they were going at him, they were hunting him, and I I was surprised how much he sat in the fourth quarter. Okay, so the other the other trend I wanted to highlight, um, you know, that that I did at the midweek in the midweek piece was just that Dallas had got some success in transition, and we know Luca plays slow, but. They went from having, I believe, 16 transition points, fast break points in game three to six. And it, it's not that they need them, but it helps. It helps. If you're able to move up the court a little bit quicker and get some open threes that way. And I think that kind of speaks to the like the threes they were taking were just not as high of a quality. I think that's that's one place that they were not getting those really easy looks that propelled them without Luca to a game three win. Yeah. I think their transition really hinges on Josh green getting out and transitioning Berton, those Josh green Berton lineups. That's where they really get on. They run and they can get open threes and transition. I think Brunson took a, a transition three today, but he missed it. But I think the reason they got so many transition points is because they were also hitting threes in transition. So it, it really racked up pretty easily. Um, so I think they really do need to find a way to kind of generate those easy transition points. And it's harder when Luke is on the floor because he doesn't run in transition. Like there was a possession today where they, they ran and it was four, it was like four on three and Luke had showed up in the play like 10 seconds afterwards and it kind of killed the fast break. Right. Right. Um, anything else from this game specifically that you want to address? I think, I think we can go macro here, but, uh, you know, there was a lot that was happening all over the place. You know, I, I don't think Utah doesn't really change a lot of what they're doing they just did it better they just showed a little pride so so i'm not really concerned about these last three games because i don't think they played some sort of trump card that's going to completely change the series um and i think the map between back at home and shooting a little better in the first half i think that's gonna they're gonna end up pulling ahead but i think utah they did what they were supposed to do they were at home they had a last stand they had some fight i think a lot of people thought they were gonna quit and they played good they played good point of attack defense and that was really the difference. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite-free. You see, 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I think that if the third quarter hadn't happened, you know, maybe maybe I would be a little bit more examining of of Dallas. And, you know, if there was actually some swing in the series that was about to come, I saw that third quarter. I don't think there is. I, I think that in the fourth, like like you talked about, I, I do think that they should have done. You know, I, I think they might have been trying to hunt uh, Bogdanovich, who was at five fouls. They might have been trying to get him out of the game. I, that's my best guess. Um, that, and then just Luca not being, you know, Luca playing Luca and not realizing how, you know, not playing in the series and not realizing how they had so much success, but, but you're right. And, and a lot of people point this out. They were not targeting, Don, uh, Donovan Mitchell nearly as much in the fourth quarter as they have this entire series. And that has been by far the most effective way for Dallas to score. I, I think Dallas left a lot of points on the table. Um, again, because this was such a, uh, low possession game. People are going to think that Dallas was bad on offense. They had a 111 offensive rating. 111 is pretty good. You know, it's it's worse than they can be. I think they can juice that up to 120, 125. And I think that's how they're going to win two more games in the series and, and you know, win the series itself. But I, I, I agree. Like, it's it's I, I think some of it was missed shots. Some of it was Utah. Like you said, they, they really were better uh, defensively just throughout the game. I thought, like, they just tried harder. They, they were more mentally locked in. But, but ultimately, like all these combinations, all the, all the factors of how Dallas has been winning, I, I still, for the most part, saw, you know, they, they, got, they got more threes, and that's really been the pivotal part of the series. And, you know, just having a little – and then Maxi. Maxi's the other big yeah. factor here. Like his foul trouble, like as long as – if he, if he can just stay out of foul trouble for two of the next three games, the Mavericks are winning, you know, like – They couldn't guard like, him with Maxi. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's the, that's the key here. And, and as long as he does that, like, I'm, I just don't really have massive concerns about what I saw in game four, which again, came down to one point, you know, it came down to one shot that wasn't very well executed. Yeah. yeah. Also, they're not going to shoot 14 free throws yet. They shot so many like off ball foul free throws that that officiating crew is pretty, pretty rough. It was fair, Dallas had that in game one, but yes. Yeah, they also it was a very rough watching experience. It was like throughout the entire day they were just calling. The only time I think they didn't really call fouls was that third quarter, but I don't think Utah will go to the free throw line that many times. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm looking over the box score, trying to see if anything. Man, Jordan Clarkson was great. Yeah, he saved them. That that spurt he had when he hit that that three, and then he got fouled on three. That, that the game would have gotten away from that. You're not done that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, again, I think if I were Utah, I'd be swapping houses in, in O'Neal's minutes, but I'm not Utah, and Quinn Snyder definitely coached the game. I thought those 40 seconds, the final 40 seconds were really good. I thought everything they did was smart. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, Dinwiddie's probably – we talked about him, but it, I do feel – I do feel like he's going to – it's so weird. Like, probably his worst shot of the game was one of the two that he made. You know, yeah. that step back on the baseline where he dribbled out. But he's he's not being decisive. And, and that that's what was so yeah. remarkable about him is what we talked about Dinwiddie when he first got here. Wow. He 
you know, he's not just making swing passes. He is in the motion of a swing pass, like before the ball's even reached him. And he's also yeah. that decisiveness. And I, I think, I think that's one thing that if he can get it back, um, especially with Luca and Luca helps a lot, like his, his role in the offense changed when Luca was out. Now that Luca's back, I, I do think that he's going to be better. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think also he'll just have some shooting regression. He'll hit, he'll hit some shots and, and they'll be at home too. So we'll have, uh, they'll have a, a normal rotation with normal. I think Luca will be able to play more minutes in the next game. It'll be the first game that they actually get to play normal minutes for everybody. And Max, he won't get three fouls in five minutes. You say just that, a- yeah. Yeah, Scott Foster could come calling. <laughs> that would be him him and a, a crew with him and Tony Brothers oh, for game man. five. Then, then, then they'll be in trouble. That's actually that's what that's the matchup I think will work the most. Oh my God. All right. Uh, I think that will do it here. Um, we're gonna record after game five. Uh, I don't know who with probably probably the usual game. Maybe we'll record Tuesday morning with uh, the the gang of uh, Dave and Mike, but I got to check with them on that. But appreciate everybody listening. Uh, sorry for the audio being a little bit different. I'm without my microphone and just doing the best I can. But uh, but yeah, that should do it for us. See you Monday. See you Monday. Plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luca, big dick Donjic from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the future. Please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Oh my God! Shut it down! Let's go home! It's a wrap, Doug! That is a wrap.